I had to warm up my fingies. It's so cold in my in my apartment. Just such an uncomfortable sentence to start with. <laughs> and my fingies is cold. It's co- you're in Los Angeles. I don't know. I yeah. Part of it is I'm simply not equipped to uh, warm myself anymore. Well, you're in Los. Do you know how annoyed our listeners in Buffalo any, any, are? Anywhere. Our listeners in Fargo are. Our listeners in Duluth. <laughs> <laughs> They're angry at you for that sentence. It's so cold. I've swam in November in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> um, more importantly, Tracy Thomas is here. Hi. I'm also really cold, so I'm also <laughs> oh, in Los Angeles. <laughs> I don't I, look. I separate myself from these two West Coast elites. I am yes. now a New Yorker. You really? <laughs> I live here now. <laughs> And I know what cold is, and I have my local deli I go to, and I ate a New York City mm-hmm. bagel today. You really has know. one New York City bagel. You don't even know what cold is. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, I got a Kathy Hochul impression in the hopper. Is that how you say her name? I think so. I think you really nailed it. You truly are a New Yorker now. Just New York, up a- we got to be New York together. <laughs> That's the whole impression. Very good. Very good. Todd is just holding that could up literally a- be any New York politician, though. <laughs> yeah. New but York. You can see, she does the hands like the, right. the hands like she's holding a um a large like beach ball in front of her and kind of shaking oh, yes. it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Tracy Thomas of the Stacks. We, we missed you. How are you? I miss you all. Hi. Love to giggle. So happy <laughs> to be back to giggle and tell racists how terrible they are. That Although is. not less today, um, because this is this is uh, our I don't not not regular, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. should be more regular. Uh, we were we were trying to figure out what to name this um, pre-taping, and we did not land on anything. Mm-mm. So we will just say instead of um, all the negativity of racism voicemails this this episode, we have a little positivity because um, yeah. Tracy's got some book recs for um, for everyone. But don't worry, they're chock full of negativity and racism, because I know my audience. (laughs) But yeah, instead of uh, of our usual episode where we listen to the voicemails about racism um, with us, your hosts, who we have not introduced yet, Tawny Newsom, Andrew T., and our producer, Kevin Bartell, instead we're doing a a holiday gift-giving book Mm. recommendation guide by Tracy. How's that? The other way to think of it is, think of this as a... uh, this is a challenge. These are the books you got to cram before the new year. So you got you're gonna got about yes. <laughs> got about six weeks. Yeah, it's got like about five book, weeks. Uh, Get reading. It's a book fools. advent calendar. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, perfect. I love this. Um, but first, Tracy, how you been? What's yeah, been cracking stuff? over in Stacks Land? You know, things have been good. I um I am launching a live series in Los Yay. Angeles. It's six Yay. parts. It's with LAist and KPCC. And I'm talking about books, but in a fun way. <laughs> I'm telling people, I'm like, it's a book event, but it's not a book event. Like, you don't have to read anything. It's not a book club. There's going to be cocktails. Um, <laughs> it's a good time. We'll have guests. So the first one is, I think, the day this episode comes out, November 16th. Um, so that's what I've been really focused on. And you all know... Whenever you like create something and put it in the world, there is it comes a point where you're like basically done with the work and then all of the anxiety of will anyone be there comes. So I'm like in this very tense space of like, please show up to this thing, this thing I made because they were like, we'll give you whatever you want. Like you can have carte blanche. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. Very French pronunciation. And like whatever creative things you want to do and will like you can have our space, whatever. And now I'm like, great, it's going to be awesome. And now, now I'm like, is anyone going to be there besides my mom? Like, yes. hard, hard to know. So that's they that. They will. I mean, I so. I, I, no, no, I love we are. That. If you're listening to this podcast and you are within two hours of Los Angeles, be there. You have to come. Yes. Absolutely. 
Or else also, you're I love the pitch. I love the pitch. Um, it's a book event, but you don't have to read anything, and there's going to be cocktails. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. I'm really trying to because I have this like new life mission about books, which is that I'm really tired of the way that books are like so pretentious, and I'm really tired of the way that like people feel like they can't talk about books because they're like, oh, I'm not smart enough, and I'm like, well, you talk about film, and you you're not fucking Martin Scorsese. Like, you're also not smart enough to talk about like. Music and yet you have so many hot takes on Beyonce. Ooh, and so boom. I'm really trying to like encourage people to just have hot takes about books and like it's okay to be like that book sucked or to be like <laughs> I really love this book and someone else to be like no it was bad just like the way we talk about White Lotus you know like I want books to be more like White Lotus so I'm really trying to like encourage people that this night of books is gonna be fun and not be like pretentious and and I've got Sam Sanders is, come, is gonna be a guest and then cool. also Danielle Smith who's an incredible author and she's the host of the Black Girl Songbook podcast so we've got trivia. We've got Reparations Bookstore is going to be selling books. So it should be really fun and not annoying white <laughs> men doing book things. But I feel like you have to say that because when you hear book event, it sounds like something boring that I have to go to with my uncle. And I, I hope I mean, uncles are invited, but like it, you don't have to bring your uncle. Hip uncles only. I'm also yeah. dying. Jason, uncles you're so allowed. Sweet. <laughs> you, you're like one of the kindest people, but yet everything about what you just said is such a drag. You're basically like, hey, you are you feel too dumb to talk about books. Well, you're dumb as hell about film, too. And that's yeah. not stopping you. Like <laughs> That's exactly right. Though. Like People feel so entitled to have like the craziest takes on everything else. But then it's like, yeah. oh, read this book. And it's like, oh, I don't want to say anything. Like, I don't I don't think I got it. And I'm like, no, you got it. It was bad. That's why yeah. you feel like you shouldn't yeah. like and you can say that out loud. And I. <laughs> courage because i think that like talking shit about things is good for the art form like if yeah. someone is like really impassioned about how much they hated i don't know what's something that people hate uh, white lotus is what keeps coming to mind people yeah. are i watched white lotus just because people on twitter were like it's the best show ever and people on twitter were like it is very bad and i was like well now <laughs> oh, i have to watch because i need to know yeah and i came down on the it is a very bad side but I was entertained and I want people mm -hmm. to have hey. that experience with, with books. Like I want your friend to be like, this book was bad or like this character was racist and the author has <laughs> questionable ethics. And like, I yeah. want to be able to talk about that in a fun way. So I'm I not nice also. <laughs> I mean, Thank you for saying so, but I'm very evil. Maybe more what I mean is you're smart and funny. And to me, yeah. that's, uh, that's all nice. I require yeah, in a person. Sure. Um, <laughs> I, I feel this way about art. Like, I don't know shit about art. I don't pretend to. But I'm happy to, like, go in, look at some shit and be like, that looks cool. Or be like, yes. whoa, that made me feel weird. Or be like, that's scary. And like, yeah. I don't know mm -hmm. if people are like, wow, was it good? How was the art show? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, that's how I it's feel awesome about art, stuff. too. But yeah. I also, like, don't really like art. And so oftentimes I'll, like, go to the art museum and be like, I did it. I got my 5,000 steps. I can go now. Like, yeah. I looked around. I pretended to be cultured. I accidentally brushed up my giant coat in New York City against someone. Because <laughs> I really only see art in New York City, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, so I'm trying to, to de-stigmatize and de pretentious eyes yeah. books. Mm -hmm. haters, haters allowed. That's, yes, haters, yeah. come to the show. It's called One for the Books, by the way. <laughs> Not wild the about the name, but it is the name, and so that's what we're calling it. But I like that's it because at the end I can be like, you should come. It's going to be One for the Books. You know, <laughs> it's like very, yeah, yeah, that's right. It's good um, branding. But yeah, um, so that's what I'm up to. Very wait, cool. did you did you say you said it's it's uh, today as a people listening is the first one? November 16th, yeah. And then there'll be one every other month for the next okay. year. So it'll go every other month till oh, September. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the next one is January. I was going to say, uh, but did, did, you, did, you, did you say what time and where? On 7 p.m. at the Crawford Family Forum in Pasadena, which I know for some people is far, but if you live like in Los Feliz or whatever, it's not. Um, and 7 p.m. Los or 7 p.m. Crawford Family Forum in Pasadena. You can get tickets at laist.com slash one for the books. Um, or you can just follow me on social media. I'm posting about it like a psycho right now. <laughs> so it's if good. you listen to this a day late, you've missed everything. But if you listen to this on time, please roll out Crawford Family Forum. 
Come get you know what? And if you're and if you're a day late, that just puts you directly on the hook for the January one. January, so, yeah. yes, it's so the mandatory attendance. <laughs> Put it in your calendar early. You ain't gonna be doing shit else but being depressed after the holidays. You don't have yeah. plans in January. Nice yeah, try. You're gonna be doing you. whole thirty. You're gonna want to come hang out with people. <laughs> get out of your house. <laughs> yes, they'll have mocktails. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely some soda water. I'm sure at least with a lime or something. <laughs> you can come after your fucking kettlebell breath. Work yeah. awareness class. Um, <laughs> all right. What else? Uh, we got to talk about the Senate a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. This is uh, yeah. Is this worth this is worth celebrating with with a huge asterisk? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's right. You know, it, it all went better than probably most people, or if you listen to the news, people thought the election stuff. I feel like. I've been such a uh, like uh, local politics uh, to the extent that I've been paying attention person. So I really genuinely was like, oh shit, things didn't, things, it was even possible for things to not go terribly nationally. That's amazing. Um, yeah. It is wild that uh, as of this uh, taping, uh, Rick Caruso still might be mayor of fucking Los Angeles. But I, the last thing I saw, she it's, was she was going. I think it's, it's going in her direction. It's less likely, yeah. But yeah. it is still not still on the table. <laughs> it is just like wild how everything else mostly like turned out well, and then who are these people that are like voting for Kenneth Magia, a guy that put up billboards basically saying "fuck the LAPD," but also voting for straight up Republican Rick Caruso. <laughs> So like weird. it had to be tens of thousands of people, and it's like, who are these people? I wish I knew enough Katy Perry song lyrics to make a joke about the type of people voting exactly like that. Because Katy Perry's like a big Caruso. Yeah, well, I think that what they. I think she. I think we would all say they are fireworks. You know. Yeah, yeah they are like fireworks. baby. They are fireworks. That's yeah, pretty and much a it. little bit of a of a dark horse as well. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But here's what I do know: they definitely did not kiss girls and like it because Rick Caruso hates the LGBTQ community. Yeah, so or they I don't. Yeah, don't <laughs> they kissed so. girls. They liked it and they felt deep shame, and then they yes. tried to beat up a bunch of nuns and steal their house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then they tried to criminalize homelessness. Even more. <laughs> Some Katy Perry yeah. deep cuts. Why is she fuck, going after fuck Katy Perry and the unhoused? <laughs> fuck Katy Perry. Fuck Gwyneth Paltrow. Fuck anyone yeah. who voted for Rick Crusoe. It it's really is. Thing. I have to say this, though. This is my one Republican hot take, which is, and like, this is a big caveat, so don't at me. But um, I. I understand how many people live in Los Angeles, and I understand how difficult it is to count votes, but it is really i need some answers you guys like i don't feel good like i don't like waiting i need i need more than on the night of the election the la la releasing 14 percent of the votes on that ele- i'm like i know everyone i know in la voted early you guys said my vote was cat collected and yeah. counted what is the count i yeah. need numbers what's happening uh- is it, it but that's like my they, only Republican opinion. They Otherwise, like, counted proud. as in I we count that we have received like a yeah, ballot. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe? I don't know because I think in other city, other places, it's different. Ever, but I think in other places, according to Steve Kornacki, my only election source, they count, some places they, like, count actually, them, but just don't yeah. release that, right, and that's right, why they, right. as Steve would say, they drop tranches of votes. Yes. All at once. I hate that word. It sounds like we're all saying something wrong. <laughs> it's a mispronunciation, oh. but it's correct. Um, <laughs> like we're eating. Tron, tron. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I would say the reason is it's because Ella's just so chill, you know? We're just yeah, like chill vibes. Um, just like having having, you know, relaxing, shivering. We're doing a little shivering right now because mm-hmm. it's cold as so hell. Cold. Um, <laughs> so we just can't. We just can't. Yeah. I don't know. We can't. That's fair. But um, yeah, otherwise, all otherwise, I feel like it's good. It's good news for Team Blue if that's the team that you're on. It's, but it's not what, horrible what other, news what for other Team, team Red. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you're I know. a Republican, it's not like oh, people yeah, yeah. are. Everybody's trying to make it like red wave or blue wave, and it's like no, it's basically yeah. how it's always it's, been really close about, in the places. Yeah. yeah, and like could have done better. I don't know. Maybe the Democratic Party should have put a little more money behind Mandela Barnes because it feels like he could have mm-hmm. won that with a little more organizing from like yeah. outside sources. But you know, whatever. I don't. Could, I don't really know that much. My favorite tweet was 
Hmm, looks like that supposed red wave was actually just some classic mid-cycle spotting. (laughs) (laughs) So many period jokes in an election cycle dedicated to women's reproductive health. Just very spot on. Um, I mean, I guess nationally it it just continues to be a stalemate with open fascists. And we'll flip the coin again (laughs) next couple of years. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing Um, that's crazy is like the number of actual votes. I feel like if you were to take like the votes for blue versus red or whatever, like mm -hmm. it's not close. It's just the districting and the, you know, like the way that the Senate works and the states and all that. Like it's it's fake. It's fake closeness, which is so frustrating. Yeah. It's like I'm on the winning team by like three million votes, right? In twenty sixteen, yeah. that's what Hillary won by three million votes. And yet I lost. Like, make it make sense. I hate I it. I mean, there there is a name for a political <laughs> system where a far right racist minority has control over uh, mm. you know, the majority of people. Uh right. you know, how are we not an apartheid state? I couldn't tell you really. Right. I'm sure there's right. some technical definition, but yeah, we are we are <laughs> A, ti- a not a tiny, but a minority of white Christian nationalists get to dictate what this country does, and that's mm-hmm. fine. And especially apparent fun. when it's especially apparent when you see all the whatever feel how you want about polls, but when you see all the evidence that people overwhelmingly want the right to choose <laughs> their yeah. reproductive freedoms according to their individual needs and preferences and wants, and then. overwhelmingly across party lines, people want that choice. And the fact that we are still having that conversation and having all these uh, bans on the, you know, on the books is uh, so incongruous with what the people actually want. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here's a, here's an actual, uh, uh, a question for the listeners, which is I, um, the, the one thing remaining, uh, not one thing remaining, but the the Georgia runoff. I am going to be in uh, the the Atlanta area for the Thanksgiving week. So if there's something oh. that something carpet baggy I could do that's helpful, um, so uh, hit me up, I guess, on the smoking corpse of Twitter, and yeah. let me know let me know what I should do, what I can do that isn't actively counterproductive. I feel like hi, I'm here from Los Angeles to tell you how to vote. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> you, what you what you want to do is you want to wear a supreme sweatshirt. Yeah. You want to uh <laughs> tell them how cold you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just come to Atlanta and immediately I'm so cold but I need to talk to you about your vote. But I don't know. Just figured we got to have some people in in Georgia who might might have a tip for me cuz otherwise yeah. I'm just who knows? <laughs> I would have a lot of time. Okay, before we go to the break, just because I guess we have to talk about this every fucking week until it chokes itself to death and we don't have to think about it anymore. We have to talk about Twitter. What's new? What's not new? What do we do? What's happening? I'm now having fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm I do a- like all the brands. I like all the brand. Uh, I like that, you know, everybody decided to, like, make fake you know, accounts for big pharma and for a bunch of like gross ass corporations and just like fuck with their stocks. That mm-hmm. that feels like a lovely little protest. And did yeah. it did it work? Did it sufficiently did it officially like suspend the verification, the paid Twitter blue shed? I, I think, I think yeah. they stopped it. I think nothing I feel like, really works. Oh, go, ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. No, I was just gonna say about Twitter, the one thing that I like I'm just really over at this point is all the people being like well, when this place goes, you can find me here. Like, just get the fuck out of here. If I want to find you, I'll find you. Yeah. Like, I don't need I don't need to know your Substack and all this bullshit. Yeah. Like, if I wanted to if I wanted to read your Substack, I would be subscribed. And if I yeah. don't want to read your Substack, I don't want to read it here. Like, it's just so I'm like, "Oh, I'm like, goodbye. Just go." And then I keep seeing tweets that are like, "I'm gone." And then 10 minutes later being like, "Did you watch the Love is Blind finale?" And I'm like, "Wait, what?" There is a lot of like Peace. That's it. I'm out. And then, yeah. And then, like yeah. dipping back in because it's like, wait, are, are people still here? It's yeah, like, like rise and grind. Up? Like, oh, you meant you were just out for bedtime? For like, yeah. what? <laughs> just going to the mall? Like, right? What's happening? It's like when you try to. You don't want to be like the last person at a party, so you try and like leave before it dwindles down. But then you're like, man, kind of sounds like they're still raging in there. Should I just like yeah. pop back yeah. in? That? Oh, I forgot my coat. Yeah. Are you guys still <laughs> hanging out, or do you want to? Yeah, I know. I'll do later? a shot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean. 
My car was here, but I can cancel. I'll, I'll get another yeah. one. <laughs> I, well, actually, to, to the extent that it does matter, um, I guess there was, uh, has anyone actually tried using motherfucking Mastodon? No. Um, I did actually try and signed up. I couldn't figure it out, and then I gave up. But, um, yeah, apparently, um, uh, at least some of the communities on Mastodon have, um, you know, are, are sort of... Uh, run and governed by the, we'll call them uh, nice white, trying their best, but Jesus Christ uh, liberals okay. who... Yes. <laughs> who um, so apparently, though, people have been, like people of color, uh, mostly black people, have been getting dinged or needing to put like things like, I, sounds like close to trigger warnings or content warnings when they talk about racism they've experienced. Um, oh and, you know, what? The, uh, I don't think it's like, I, I don't think... Well, I don't know how Mastodon works, but I believe it's like very distributed. So I think each place can kind of make their own rules. So I don't know enough about it to say if this is like pervasive or it's just a thing that people are seeing some places. But yeah, that's apparently the other side of Mastodon. It's very like, you know, don't talk about things that make us uncomfortable. Um, better, no, better than the open Nazis of Twitter, but... Not much. <laughs> I prefer the open Nazis. I'm just like, I know who you are. I know where you stand. Yeah. It's like ugh, the, yeah. The, the policing. It's the policing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. get out of here. Yeah. Um, policing because of your discomfort. Like, well, how yeah. uncomfortable do you think I feel? Yeah. yeah. I feel super I comfortable now also knowing that I'm getting policed on a social media app by someone who professes to think that I'm valuable yeah. to them in some way. Like, just goodbye. Um, I think, I think if Twitter goes away, I'm done. Like, I'm just not, I'm not adding. I'm, I got off Facebook a few years ago. Like, I'm not adding a new thing. I'm old. I'm washed up. I don't need to be on social media any more than what I already know how to do. Mm -hmm. I just think something will pull ahead as the clear thing. Some, some big, we said this last week, some big like tech It'll be exactly who, the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who we're not aware is evil because they're quiet. Like, well, they won't right. be good people. We just won't know enough about them to know how shitty they are because they're smart and they'll be, sh- they'll fucking shut up. They'll start something called like fucking squawker or something and it'll look yeah. exactly yeah. like Twitter, but it'll be orange and it'll be a fucking goose icon and everyone yeah. will just be like, this works the same the way. Same. Who cares? Yeah. there. Or the other thing that I was seeing, which is which makes sense, is like one of the reasons. Um, for instance, it probably who who knows, I guess, how Mastodon will do. But Black Twitter isn't going there, and surprise, surprise, that's the only real genesis of fun. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, it's sort of like wherever Black folks coalesce will likely be the real place to go. Um, Almost as if we have been dictating the tide of culture. Yeah. Ever S- since we founded and created this fair country. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Tell them to follow us, Lost and Lambs. Yes. The lost, the lost non-black lambs of America come to our new place of humor, joy, musical talent, and much smarter takes than you'll ever right. have. You've got to go. Look, they've got to go on black books. Twitter goes. Have you guys heard about... Yeah, definitely hating about books. Have you guys heard about... Not it's not called OnlyFans. It's called like fans only or something. Oh. And it's it's it started by the guy who did who his sorry, this is really struggling. He, his name is Isaac Hayes. He's the son of Isaac <laughs> Hayes Shaft. And he oh. has a social media platform that's like all subscription based and like people everybody earns money there. Like and they're like doing uh they're raising their funds before they go to whatever. But mm. it's black owned, black run community sourced platform and it's called fans and well, another word now we gotta look it okay. up you keep talking i'll look, I'll look. isaac uh, hayes okay. is his name um anyways it sounded great he was just on an episode of um higher learning with rachel Lindsay and van lathan and he did like a whole big like pitch about it he was like talking all about it oh. and while i don't want to ever sign up for anything else again i feel like it sounds cool because it's kind of a mix of all the places. Like you can do your TikTok type videos, you can do posts, you can have like a podcast out of there, and it's all subscription yeah. based. It's a fan base. Fan, fan base, base app. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Also, so anyways, that sounds cool, and it's black owned, so that's better than anything. And I bet like you'd feel cool because it's Shaft's son. 
Yeah, that would make you feel cool. I love now whatever the fuck I've done to my algorithm by typing in Isaac Hayes OnlyFans. (laughs) 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 I've really, I've really given myself a great holiday season. That's a kink, okay? That is a (laughs) kink right there. Nice try blaming it on me. Like you didn't have that already queued up, Tommy. (laughs) No, no, no. Listen to our book episode. It'll all make sense. Um, yeah. All right. Well, speaking of book episode, I think we've done it. I think we did a successful first half of the show. I'm really proud of us. Good job, everybody. We're going to take a break. And then when we come back, no, not racism. Instead of racism, books. Right? About racism. Yeah. <laughs> all right. See you in a second. Tracy. Yes. When one asks you to come up with a list of books to give as gifts, mm-hmm. or even just to have for oneself, but what mm-hmm. what what goes into your mind? Are you like, let me come up with a theme? Are you taking into account the type of person? Mm-hmm. So I try if I'm giving like a gift guide, I try to be more. Uh, I try to come up with a list that is diverse types Mm. of books not diverse authors but I mean yes obviously that but like I'm trying to think of as many different kinds of people I can hit with books I always like to put some books that I personally love and then I try to put Mm -hmm. some books that I think are good but maybe weren't my favorite but are like worthy texts I just didn't care for them um so yeah I try to you know come up with different things also for gifts sometimes I I might come up with like a book that's like really beautiful that maybe oh. it's like 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 a coffee table type book situation, right? Like the the that, yeah the, the physical might not, object matters. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That I might not like recommend on my day to day life because if I'm just being like, if you're like, hey, what book should I read next? I'm not going to be like, you should read this coffee table book. It's gorgeous. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tra- Tracy just only suggested picture books, and actually, she doesn't think you can read. <laughs> Just actually suggested some art prints. <laughs> yeah. Uh, suggested you. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. I guess. Should we Start? just should go? Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. Let's without, without a, in. A oh, I'm also now. not just doing 2022 books. Is that okay? Yeah. We don't have we any rules. No. We gave you yeah. no parameters. We just said, come, okay. come here and books, please. Okay, so I'm going to start with two 2022 books. Actually, I'm going to start with three 2022 books, and I'm going to branch out. So 2022 was a weird year for books. I really didn't love a lot of the books that I read this year, except for the next few that I'm going to tell you about. So the first one is called South to America. It's by Imani Perry. Um, I... You know, I hate to just say like grand proclamations. No, I don't. I love to do this. Uh, But I think that she is probably one of the greatest living writers right now. I feel lucky to live in the world where she is creating books because she's so smart and incredible. That being said, her newest book, South to America, is all about the South. Basically, is how the South, American South, like shapes and defines the rest of the nation. Uh, it's nonfiction. And she goes to different regions and she talks about different regions and she ties in like all these different cultural artifacts moments about that region and kind of ties it to her own story. So like she talks about Washington, D.C. Is that the South? Yes or no? And she explains like why it is and why it isn't. And then she talks about like food from there. And then she goes to Alabama, which is where her people are and talks about like honey buns. And she talks about like she traces back her own family history um, from slavery and talks about like her great, 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 whatever. And her story and how like she doesn't even know if her name is Esther or Easter because the records and she explains why that's really important. And like it's just this hugely sweeping book that is so beautifully written and so interesting. And I've never read anything like it. And when I was reading it, I was like, this is easily going to be the best book of the year. And I still think it's probably my number one book of the year because it's so, so it's just like it's an I've never seen anything like it and that I read a lot of books. So that is my first recommendation. That sounds amazing. And that amazing. sounds like something good for almost anyone. I mean, they gotta yeah. be a little down. They yeah, down, they gotta be but... a little down and they have to be someone I would not give this to someone who's like getting back into reading. Like it's a gift for mm-hmm. a reader. It's it's not 
she writes like these really beautiful, incredible sentences, but it is a little bit dense. However, I did listen to part of it on audiobook and it is really good. She reads it. So you get to hear her like talk about the different like ways of saying something and like it she'll like do like different accents or like different pronunciations when she's like describing it. So that's really cool. So if you are an audiobook person um, or want to be an audiobook person, I highly recommend the audiobook. Um, Cool. Yeah, so that's a good one. My next book is basically like totally the opposite. It's called The Swimmers. It's a novel by Julie Otsuka. Um, it's a slim, slim novel. It's like, I think around 200 pages. And I, this book, I can't give anything away. I can only tell you a little bit about it. The premise, okay, let me start with this. When someone recommended it to me, I was like, am I going to like this? And they were like, well, I don't know. You could hate it, but it's so short. By the time you realized you hate it, it'll be over. <laughs> so I went in very much like this book's going to suck. This is Because it's a little bit weird. It's a little experimental. The the It's like second person collective voice. So it's like, we did this, we did that. And the we is a group oh. of swimmers who swim in a recreational pool and they notice a crack at the bottom of the pool. And that's what starts the book. The book has a major shift and sort of changes, which is what I don't want to tell you at all about. Mm-hmm. It does not sound like a good book. It sounds like it's going to be like, <laughs> we go to the pool and swim. But it's really, really, really good. I never recommend novels personally. And this one, like, I loved it so much. I immediately reached out to our team and I was like, I have to have Julie on the podcast this year. So it's phenomenal. And it would be a good recommendation for Anybody who you know in your life who swims, obviously, I feel like it's a good like mom aunt kind of book and like a woman in your life um, Mm -hmm. for sure. Or again, if someone you know is like a big reader, loves fiction, anybody who likes like weird, like it's kind of like the indie film of the book world, you know? Yeah. Say the title one more time. It's called The Swimmers. The Swimmers Swimmers. by Julie Otsuka. Um, This sounds like a great one for my stepmom. (laughs) Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Um, my next book, this is really weird for me, but is so good. I think I recommended this person's memoir to you last year, Andrew. Uh, it's called Alive at the End of the World by Saeed Jones. Mm-hmm. And it is a collection of poetry. And I do not like poetry generally. <laughs> These are the, this is the best poetry collection I've read in my entire life. Again, I don't like poetry, so it's not pulling from that many. This book, I felt it in my heart. I think it's so good. It's very millennial referential he's talking Mm. about you know alive at the end of the world so it's got some covid things it's 10 years after the passing of saeed's mother that a lot of these poems were written um in 2012 is when she died um and then also he intersperses these poems about famous black people who have died recently so there's one about aretha franklin there's one about Mm. whitney houston um and so it's like got a lot of pop culture references. It's got some humor. It's definitely got some grief. It feels like very much 2022. Um, and the cover is insanely gorgeous. So that book I love, Alive at the End of the World by Saeed Jones. Love it. Oh, I, yeah, also, I read a lot of poetry. So that's exciting. It does It does feel like poetry, especially given if nominally all our attention spans have been whittled down by uh, social media. I'm like, feels like... This is poetry's time. Potentially. Yeah. Potentially mm-hmm. forever, I suppose. Speaking <laughs> of social of media, yeah. Saeed's Twitter is like one of the best Twitter. He's at the ferocity on Twitter and is just like such a great Twitter follow. And the 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 collection feels like that person wrote poetry. Like it doesn't feel mm-hmm. it feels like very much of that same voice. Um okay. My next recommendation is for the people in your life who are maybe white or black it's great for all people but i recommend this book (laughs) for people who are like wanting to be down but also don't quite get it Uh uh-huh uh-huh needing a little Mm hand-holding however again i think this book is really good i think this book is one of those books anyone who's interested in current events would be really into but it it I wouldn't be scared to give it to like a white family member or friend who is like trying. Um, it's called <laughs> one for the whites. Here we go. <laughs> I, I don't want to say it's one for the whites now because I'm going to say the title and you guys are going to be like, fuck you. But the book is called His Name is George Floyd. And oh boy. I, okay, listen, that's exactly my response. When I picked up the book, I was like, I don't, it, it made it to the National Book Award finalist list along with um, Imani Perry's book. And uh-huh. I was like, you know what? Fine. I'm going to read it because it's on this list. I try to read all the nonfiction books. 
I don't want to read it. It's going to be like a, you know, a grab yeah. for clout in this moment. It's literally the opposite. They, it's two black journalists from the Washington Post. They did so much research on George Floyd's life and family. They gave him like the full presidential biography treatment. Like it is one of the most beautiful biographies I've ever read. They they go back, they trace his whole family line into slavery. They trace the line of the people who owned his family, like wow. their story. They do so they did like 400 interviews. I obviously we all know where the story goes. Mm-hmm. I was genuinely like upset when George Floyd was killed because I was like I'm really sad we I don't get to spend more time with this person that I've been reading about for the last like 250 pages. And the reason that mm-hmm. I say it's good for like white people who are trying is I think it's important to read the stories of everyday black Americans in a way that isn't like I'm teaching you but just like this is his story. Yeah, he went to prison for this crime. Like yes, he did drugs and like he's still a really important person in the national consciousness and like he deserves a 400-page biography. Um but again, I do think it's for anyone and I was really really moved by the book. I do think it's mm-hmm. one of the best books of this year. I think that the research that they did, like all the details they found, they talked to so many people. And then the last section of the book, which is the trial, which is my least favorite part because that's the part we all kind of know. Mm -hmm. The authors, they were there for the trial. So they're writing about like what it was like in the courtroom and all of that stuff. Whereas the first two thirds of the book, there is all research and and talking to family members and friends and you know police officers and whoever else was involved in whatever different parts, teachers, coaches, like his football career. It's just like they do such a beautiful job of like rendering this life. And mm-hmm. I told I say to people, I'm like, look, there are so many white men who have huge biographies who were a <laughs> fraction as right. influential to American mm-hmm. culture and history. There mm-hmm. is no world in which George Floyd should not have a biography like this. But I also think like Trayvon Martin probably should have a biography like this. Obviously a much shorter life, but like these people have had outsized impact on the world and on this country. And so I'm a really big fan of this book. And if you had the reaction that I had, which was like, (laughs) it's not that I I promise it's not that because I would never recommend that that book. Yeah, one right. of those like teachy, cloudy books. That's unfortunately mm-hmm. what it sounds like. But now I, I, I get why it's named that. Um, yeah. Tracy, what is this category? Okay, so this is clearly a biography, but I, I'm curious what the category of book that like, like I just read Three Women, Ugh. Lisa Tadeo. Yeah, you didn't like what did it. You think I thought it was icky. I really liked it because I like the heightening. I like it heightening and examining real people in a way that okay. feels cinematic and as though yeah. it's a novel. But these were, this was, so it was like, what, this journalist profiled three women's actual like relationships. Yeah. So it's nonfiction. Yeah. But it feels like short stories are like a novel. I'm just confused about like what the genre is. I mean, it's it's investigative journalism, really. Because, like, yeah. it, it's just, like, with regular degulars instead of, like, right. famous people or, like, criminals. Or that's, like, what we're used to is, like, a crime or a business. But it's that same technique of, like, investigating a life. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think I the book like is incredibly that. readable. But yeah. my issue with it was just, like, the, like, some of the stuff I'm, like, you're telling me, like, they, like, present the book as, like, this is women's desire. And I'm, like, these three white ladies, like, this is not indicative of American <laughs> women and desire. Yeah. And, like, one of them was in a unconsensual adult-child relationship. Like, it was, that's called rape. Like, we don't do that. Like, it's yeah, just, anyways. It, so, it had, there, like, there made were some me problems, icky. like, content-wise. I get that. Yes, yeah, it was but, like, the like, writing is so incredibly readable and good. Yeah, and that style I realized I really liked, which is, yeah, like, the heightening of just regular regular people where I'm like, yeah, yeah I want to hear about regular people, but written really beautifully. And yes, yeah, I love interesting. that. Okay. I'm going to give you then and the world another recommendation. It wasn't on my list, but I think you'd like it. It's called bad city. Um, mm-hmm. God, what is his name? Uh, Paul Pringle is his name. And it's about great name. And you know, who's in it. Rick Caruso is a character in this book. Everybody get excited. <laughs> tie in to oh, the God. first half. Um, <laughs> It, he was a report. He's a reporter at the LA Times. He did a. He's the guy who broke the story about um, the rapist doctor at USC, Tyndall, mm-hmm. and then he also broke the story about the dean who was like selling drugs 
Um, and so the book is about the dean of the US, U- USC Medical School and then also a little bit about Tyndall. But it's like investigative journalism, kind of true crime caper about how fucked up this like the world is. But he's also sort of a character in it. The book is flawed, but it is an incredible read. It is like you pick it up and you're like, I will finish this today because I am hooked. It feels like a movie in a lot of ways, because as soon as you pick it up, you're like, I'm in L.A. I'm going to find a source. Like, going to find what's going on. I had to email this. So it's like very true crimey. But uh-huh. what's nice about it is like the bad guys are high powered <laughs> officials, right. doctors and things at USC. And you get mm-hmm. to see what a dick Rick Caruso is when he was on the board at USC. Absolutely um, love it. Okay, so then my next rec... Oh, this is another 22 book, 2022 book. It's called The Viral Underclass. It's by Stephen Thrasher, who if you're on Twitter, you might know him. He's a black queer uh, journalist who talks, who's been talking a lot about COVID. The book is sort of... If you're familiar with the book, um, The New Jim Crow kind of that like reframed our understanding of mass incarceration. This book is trying to do a similar thing about um, disease and race and class and uh, homophobia in this case. He had written extensively about HIV. And then when COVID started, he wrote a book talking about how there are certain conditions and certain types of people and certain what he calls vectors that indicate a a lower, what they call an underclass that's related to uh, viruses, uh, specifically in this book, it's HIV and COVID. The book is super readable, even if you're not a sciencey person, but it's a really great book for someone who is sciencey. My husband's a doctor and he devoured it and so did I, and I am can't do any science none <laughs> whatsoever not a zero degree science every yeah. every episode i am you want. Not, not a doctor, a doctor. <laughs> um but this book is really good it doesn't feel too current eventsy like this book is about covid because he's really mm-hmm. tying in it's it's rooted in hiv and covid but he also talks about like uh hepatitis and influenza and other diseases and like about how we're taught that all of this stuff is individual it's all about like, did you wear a mask or did you not wear a mask or did you wear a condom? Did you not wear a condom? And how it's like everything else, super systemic, you know, right. and, and it ends on a somewhat hopeful note, not hopeful like um, like we can do better, but hopeful like, hey, there are things we could be doing. Like if you like, we don't have to be like this. Like we could make changes, um, which I appreciate because I do feel like sometimes books like this, I'm just like, okay, well, it's the end of the world. Um so it's realistically hopeful, you know, definitely hope as a practice, not hope as like an end result. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I really liked that book a lot. Um, my next genre that I will be covering now is celebrity memoir. <laughs> um, anyone who has not read Trevor Noah's celebrity memoir, it is the perfect gift for every person who has ever wanted to read a book and, and has ever wanted to laugh and is not a super reader. It's like bread and butter. Um, if you know some like Gen Z people, what I like to call euphoriacs, um, <laughs> I recommend the very, very popular book called I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. Um, insane title, I know. Her mom was abusive as fuck. She had cancer. Spoiler alert, the mom dies. Um, and it's her memoir. Highly recommend on audiobook. Actually, both of those books, Trevor Noah and Jeanette McCurdy's book, both really good on audio. But yeah, just like good, really juicy celebrity memoirs, which sometimes celebrity memoirs are not as juicy and I get annoyed because I'm like, I'm right. literally I'm like, here right? for, like, I am not here, here for, for the writing. Yeah. Right. Like, did you We're think I picked tea. up this memoir to read your sentences? Like, no, I want to know. know what your relationship with Ariana Grande was like. And I need to know now. Everyone was so mad at Mindy Kaling because she like talked about like, uh, you know, actors and stuff and like did not veil their identities well enough. Yeah. But I'm like, you know what? But that's what people are here for. That's that's the only she, reason I'm here. She sold books. She sold the books. So, yeah, you know. she did what needed to be done. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So those are my two celebrity memoir recommendations. Oh, okay. Oral history. My personal, one of my favorite genres. I know a lot of people aren't into it, but I love an oral history. There's a brand new one that came out in October called The Come Up by Jonathan Abrams. He's the guy who also wrote the oral history on The Wire a few years back. Cool. Um, this one is great. It's really good. He he has like, I think, um, not I think, I know he has Ice Cube or sorry. Yeah. Ice Cube is one of the people he has in the book. He has uh, Russell Simmons in the book, like who he talks to, plus like some old heads from hip hop producers, 
DJs, rappers. He does like regional. Oh, he also has reporters and music executives all talking about the kind of the history of hip hop. Um, mm-hmm. So if you have a hip hop lover in your life, this is an obvious choice. Um, I, in the dad uncle genre, there's an oral <laughs> history about 9-11 that came out a few years ago that is spectacular. It's by Garrett M. Graff. It's called The Only Plane in the Sky. This book is so good. I still think about it all the time. It's it's just like an incredible, incredible story. He pulls from interviews, but also from, you know, transcripts and sources from uh, the days uh, during and surrounding 9-11 and like the minute by wow. minute. It's really, really incredible. Um, I say it's for the dads, but also like it's one of my favorite books and I am not a dad or an uncle. So don't let me be generalizing by gender <laughs> and things. Um, so that's that. It's more of an energy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I have big uncle vibes, I think. <laughs> uncle <For> parentheses, <laughs> the energy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that the track, the song? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely track three, I feel like. It, yeah. it can't yeah. be too late in the album because it would be a skip for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, would be too, it would be an interlude then. <laughs> Um, another book that came out this year on the music tip is called this is another book I was like I don't want to read this and then I <laughs> loved it so much it was it's called it it was all a dream and it's the biography of Biggie Smalls Christopher Wallace mm. uh, it's written by Justin Tinsley another kind of sports pop culture writer he writes at what was formerly the undefeated um, it's so good anyone who likes Biggie a little bit I the reason I was hesitant is because I'm a Californian, so I'm a Tupac person, and I just like didn't have big feelings about Biggie, mm, and sure. I I was very emotional by the time of his death, kind of like the George Floyd book, kind of similar vibes. Mm. Uh, Justin does a great job of kind of contextualizing his life and kind of explaining like how how and why he was the way that he was, like from his mother being you know an immigrant from the Caribbean and you know mm. growing up in the post. He was born in the 70s. So like the post 1960s in America, being in New York, being in the Bronx mm. or being in Brooklyn yeah. and all of that. Um, so that's a really good book, a fun book for sort of the millennial Gen X, Gen Xers in your life. Yeah. I haven't done nearly enough fiction. So let me transition over to old fiction town. Wah, wah, wah. Um, I just <laughs> I'm such a hater. <laughs> I think I recommended most of the fiction that I like last time I was here, but I'll yeah. try again. It's okay. Um, people know what they're coming yeah. to you for. Yeah. yeah. They, but there have been some, there have been a few like noteworthy fiction books. I feel like this year, um, one, so one book that we read on the podcast this year, it actually came out last year, but late last year is called the trees by Percival Everett. He is another very prolific writer. He's written over 30 books. Um, he also wrote the book telephone and erasure. Those are the two of his more recent books. And then he had a brand new book come out this year called, Doctor No. Um, but The Trees is a satire about lynching in America. It's set in Money, Mississippi. So for those of you who that doesn't trigger instantly, that is the town in which Emmett Till was killed. And it starts off with uh, Carolyn Bryant, the woman who accused him of winking at her or whatever. Um, her family in like 2018. And it's a satire about that and basically like people keep showing up lynched white people keep showing up lynched in money mississippi and it's such a good book it is so funny so dark so twisted uh one of the things that personal everett does really well is like while it is a satire it's also a lot of other things it's sort of again this like caper kind of thriller vibe like you're trying to figure out what's going on obviously there's a point of view in a book like this um mm-hmm. and like and the thing that's really nice about this book is that if it was written by someone else i maybe wouldn't trust it or feel safe like reading it i would feel like what the fuck is this but he's such a professional he's such a gifted skilled writer he's honed his craft for decades that like from the first page you're like okay i'm not gonna end this book and feel like i've been dicked around by somebody it also helps that he's a black guy, uh, but barely, honestly. Um, but it's so good. So yeah, that book is called The Trees. And once you finish reading the book, we have an episode on The Trees on the stack. So if you're feeling like you want to talk about it, you can definitely come do that with us. I got, um, a, I got, a, I got a radical little punk rock uh, 19-year-old nephew that I think this would be a good oh, book for. that yeah. is good. Yeah, this is definitely a good book for any anybody who's like a little dark and twisty, for yeah. sure <laughs> recommend. I have to say, though, we did it in our book club, and I don't think anybody had a single 
terrible bad word to say about it. Like across the board, it was one of those super crowd pleasy books. Obviously, Mm -hmm. people who weren't interested didn't pick it up. So there's a little bit of, you know, confirmation bias there, but highly, highly, highly recommend. Oh, I have one other book I want to add from this year. It's called Grief is Love. It's by Marissa Renee Lee. It's sort of self-help meets um, pop psychology, one of those kind of books, but she's talking about grief. And I think during the holiday season, you know, there's probably someone in your life in the last few years who's lost someone dear to them or is feeling a sense of grief. Maybe they've lost their job or something. I think this would be a really nice touching gift for someone that was close to you that you felt like were may- was maybe going through a hard time. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad passed away 10 years ago. Marissa's mother passed away 14 years ago or 12 years Mm -hmm. ago. And so, you know, I felt really seen by this book. She's also a black woman. So there is some stuff about like grieving while black in America and how that might be different. But mostly it's just about sort of this idea that like grief is love with nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of is rooted in this place of healing and also talking about it. And there's some, you know, solution things like what what she did, what was helpful for her. Um, so I think if there's someone close to you that, you know, is like going through that, it might be a mm-hmm. nice gift just to like be like, I see you in this Maybe, difficult time. Tell me if you agree with this. I don't have a strong opinion, but this is a criticism I see a lot of the book, uh, A Year of Magical Thinking, Joan Didion. Mm-hmm. When someone passes, a lot of people give that as a gift. And I have heard a lot of people, women of color especially, kind of say, like, don't give this book to women of color who aren't, like, like it's mm-hmm. kind of, it feels like a rich white lady privilege book. Um, Maybe. I mean, I think Joan Didion feels like that. I personally love that book, but I read I love it, it too, years but... ago. So I haven't really thought about it in a critical way. I read it before I was reading yeah, like, and I also recommend. don't know if I, I think it's also heavier to give it to someone who is grieving and say like, yeah, this will help you if you feel kind of so far from her yeah. experience and privilege. This book is definitely going to be it's less lyrical than Joan Didion. It's much more like, hey, you know, each chapter has like a a theme and it's like, you know, like forgiveness. And like, you know, she talks about like making space to like forgive the people in your life who show up for you in a way that is not what you were hoping or don't show up Mm. for you at all. Like she talks about like kind of like the disappointment in grieving and it's much more about like the experience of going through grief and Mm -hmm. less about like her experience going through grief. It's a little more like self-helpy in that way. Yeah. Which is why I just think it's like, I think it's also a nice gift to be like, I see what you're going through right now, especially at the holidays. Um, so, but it's it's much more inclusive of Black women than Joan mm-hmm. Didion for sure. <laughs> um, another novel that I really liked this year is called Night Crawling. It's by Layla Motley, who is approximately nineteen. She just turned twenty. She wrote the book when she was sixteen and seventeen years old. It is incredible. It was Oprah's book club pick this summer. Um, it was one of the books I was most looking forward to this year. It does not disappoint. It is about Uh, For those of you who are not from Oakland and maybe aren't familiar, there was an Oakland police scandal where the Oakland police were picking up uh, sex workers and forcing them to have sex with them at police party, sex parties, basically. And it's the story of it's based off the story of one of these girls or inspired by one of these these girls. And I say girl on purpose because in this book, the main character, I believe, is 16 and 17. So it is a child um, and it's sort of a fictionalization of this story. And it's really, really good, really propulsive. Mm-hmm, um, and then mm-hmm. my last book is Oakland one of those. Co- yeah. Aren't they joyful? <laughs> There's a new book coming out about them. Nonfiction called We Ride at Night comes out in 2023. I cannot wait. I January. cannot wait for yeah. n- absolutely no reason and having nothing to do with anyone I may or may not be related to. I'm just really <laughs> excited to read that book about the Oakland PD. I, I don't know what this is in reference to, but I'm loving the, the oh, shade or whatever the tea. Just, you know, just a whole ass law enforcement family that I got it. Got it. You know, it just needs airing out every now and then. Got it. I love it. Okay. I said one more. I have two more. I'll be really quick. These are my last two. This one is for the old head black folks in your life and the young civil rights-y kid, black kids in your life. It is called The Movement Made Us. It is by David Dennis Jr. and David Dennis Sr. David Dennis Sr. was an organizer um, at CORE in Mississippi during the civil rights movement. David Dennis Jr., spoiler alert, is his son, who also writes at what was formerly the undefeated sports, pop culture, music writer, fantastic, obsessed with David. Um, And David tells his dad's story. David's dad was with Medgar Evers, 
the day that wow. he died or the day before he was supposed to be with him uh, when he was like going back to his house. He was friends with the three um, voting activists, Scherner, Cheney and something. Anyway, oh, yeah, they were the three guys who were killed in Mississippi. They were like direct reports to David Dennis Sr. when he because he was like an organizer. They were going out. He was again like supposed to be in their car that day. And it's his story sort of of like the PTSD that comes from being a civil rights activist. He was also on um, the Freedom Ride buses. He was on the first bus. Like he sort of is a Forrest Gump figure for black civil rights a little bit. Um, he knew, you know, Fannie Lou Hamer and it's a really incredible story. I, I I told David, I was like, I'm obsessed with your dad now. Um, um, yeah. The names are Michael Schwerner, Andrew Goodman, and James Cheney. Goodman. That's one I couldn't think of. Yes. So it, so he's kind of connected to all of these moments in the South. And, and David kind of, you know, it's sort of like an oral history memoir kind of thing. Like he told him, his father told him his story. He wrote it. It's really beautiful. Definitely recommend, especially if you have older black people in your family, because it really like, renders this time beautifully. Here's my last one. There is this really gorgeous book called Spike, which is a Spike Lee photo coffee table book. It's just oh. really beautiful. <laughs> like I, I just, I was in a bookstore <laughs> cool. and I saw it and was just like, this is so fucking cool. Um, so yeah, it's like a big, thick, like director's cut kind of book. Um, Maybe it's called Spike Lee. It might be called Spike Lee. Um, but it's really beautiful. It's like a thick-ass picture book with, you know, shots and, and memories and quotes and all these things. So that's my, like, yeah. big fancy book that I would never, ever buy <laughs> for myself, but, like, would <laughs> gladly accept it into my home. I love it. Did um, I forget any kinds of books? I didn't do young people books. <laughs> any kinds of books. No. Young people can read grown-ass books. I know, yeah. but people are really into YA. It's not something that I'm not into. Though there is a fantastic graphic memoir that came out this year <laughs> called Stand, Victory Stand by Tommy Smith and two other people about the um, black the, the black power fists at the uh, 1968 Olympics. Oh, That's nice. fun. Yeah, I like really how you're one. like, I don't have a recommendation. I do have a recommendation. I know. I, <laughs> I think do that I right don't away. and then I do. I'm really into graphic <laughs> graphic memoir right now. It's my like new obsession. It's just oh. so easy. Like, you can pick it up and read it in a day and then you feel like, oh, yeah. God, I've learned and it's so beautiful to look at. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a, a nice, fun. Yeah. yeah, that's a fun genre I didn't really know existed. There's um, one called Good Talk by Mira Jacob that came out a few years ago. That's so fucking good. It's like the cream of the crop of that genre to me. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I love I love learning about new genres yeah. of books. Because I'm like, I thought I knew all the types of books. Yeah, I did this too. Is... I never had read a graphic memoir till last year. And now I've read like eight. I just like love them. Oh, this is amazing. Just every time Tracy's here, your brain is like so <laughs> impressive. I'm just like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> Thank well, you. Well, yeah. I'm happy to give more if people have, if they're like, I need a book for whatever please feel free to tweet at me as long as Twitter still exists or follow on Instagram yeah. sax pod and message me or whatever. If you join the Patreon, the sex Patreon um, at the stacks, patreon.com slash the stacks. I, we have a discord where it is very litty to titty for the book recommendation <laughs> section. It is constant. And every week people share, we on Tuesdays, we share what we're reading and there's like so much back and forth. We also have a channel for the bachelor because let's keep it real. I uh, love that show got too. To. Yeah, got a range, range. Um, range. But yes, happy to give more book recommendations. And we'll be giving, you know, my books of the year on my column that I write later. And I'll be doing a books of the year episode on the stack. So there's definitely more, <laughs> many more book recommendations <laughs> over there. There's more Tracy. If if you liked this amount of Tracy, there's more Tracy to be had. If it's There's too much to for me for you though at this point, I wouldn't go over there because it's much more. It's <laughs> compounded. It's Tracy I to the Tracy degree. It's not Tracy times yeah. two. It's it's whatever they call that math that I can't yeah. do. <laughs> uh, but I I would say most importantly, uh, if if and as you should be, and if you've listened this long, you're on the more Tracy side of things. <laughs> yeah. Um, more get your more. ass. Is there still time if you're in New York to buy a plane ticket to get your ass to the Crawford <laughs> Family Forum tonight? <laughs> I never leave New York. I love and New York. 
Yeah. <laughs> One flight to Pasadena, please. Yeah. <laughs> Tani Truly. will be able to make it because she'll be eating a bagel for the second yeah. time in I'll her be life. A bagel, a bagel on top of a pizza underneath the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, need to get a chopped yeah. cheese. Yeah, I'm going to put a bagel in a chopped just... cheese. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Chopped cheese bagel, please. Yep. Uh, yeah, just fly your ass to, to Burbank Airport where you will be very close to the Crawford Family Forum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can make it there and then zip out. You don't need to see nothing else. Yeah, there's just a lot else at that. <laughs> um, well, Tracy, this has been amazing. And thank you for telling yeah. people where to find you. Are you just at Tracy Thomas on all the things, on all the social I'm at the Stacks Pod. I, I don't do my pod. personal. Okay. Yeah, at the Stacks Pod on Instagram, at the Stacks Pod underscore on Twitter, the Stackspodcast.com, the Stacks in your favorite podcast app. Come hang Easy. out with me. Yeah. Easy peasy. Um, well, thank you for doing this special. L- 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 I almost said no racism edition, but that's not true. Just heavy racism. Mm, different. Still. Different. Yeah. <laughs> different racism edition. This is, of this is remedies as opposed to us just making fun of people and not being useful. So. Yeah. Right. Well, it's more like I didn't we didn't do a ton of racism. But if you read basically any of these books, you'll get a double dose of racism yeah. and anti-racism <laughs> all in your brain. You're going to become radicalized. Where it's yeah. what people want. Yeah. And um, once again, I, I appreciate just having a big old one-stop shop. I'm just going to order all these, and then I will have a, a new a new stack to work through. And then Can't I will wait. feel smart for the next year. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, if you want more of us, so we told you how to get more Tracy. If you want more of us, you can go to our subscription website, suboptimalpods.com. It's the optimal place to subscribe to all of our podcasts, uh, where we do varying degrees of racism items. The goal was to do mm-hmm. non-racism items over there, but you know, we, we a, a leopard can't change her stripes nope. or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we got a limited edition. We got a series called Andrew Sings where Kevin and I teach Andrew to sing Sia Chandelier. And it is <laughs> all of our favorite thing collectively that we've ever done, Andrew included. No one is embarrassed or upset. Everyone loves it. No, it's, it's perfect. Both. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, hop over there if you want to support us. This show is free. So that is how we keep the lights on. Consider joining us even at the, at the $1 tip level. It takes mm-hmm. care of all of our fees and various Something. business things yeah you know cool. uh 323-389-7223 race the voicemails next week um but yeah most importantly tracy thank you so much this Thanks, was guys. as usual fucking great always yeah. fun thank Absolutely. you we Peace. love it thanks bye this is so